Hey everybody, welcome back to the One's Ready Podcast. You're in the team room. We've got Aaron and I, and we wanted to talk to you about uh, a few things that really we have kind of lived the entire time within Special Operations. And Special Operations Command has what they call soft truths or Special Operations Force truths. Uh, and it's kind of the the mantra that all of us try and, and live by and aspire to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to hop on into each one of them and, and give you some details on kind of what they are and what our perspectives are on them. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, enjoy. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Jumping into this soft truth series that we're doing. You got me, you got peaches. That's 50% of the people you like and 50% of the people you wish will jump off the face of the earth. So you know what? We got it, baby. We're here. So going on in this series where we're really talking about the soft truths. Remember, the soft truths talk about special operations forces, but they can be applied to a large range of, of people, of work, of teams, everything really, right? So as you listen to this, yes, special operations forces, we use these as our, our basic food groups for just about everything. You know, we talk about training, deployment, all that other stuff. But remember, you can apply these to your daily life as well. So soft truth two: quality is better than quantity. A small number of people carefully selected, well-trained, and well-led are preferable to larger number of troops, some of whom may not be up to the task. That is interesting wording from, that's directly from the US SOCOM, you know, fact sheet and, and website and stuff. You can check this out over at uh, SOCOM.mil, just Google the soft truths and you can kind of find out what SOCOM has to say about them. But there's some words in here and I kind of want to, I want to break this one down. It's a, it's a shorter soft truth, right? And to us, it's apparent, you know, to us, this one, you're like, yeah, no kidding. Quality is better than quantity, right? But I really want to break it down because it's actually for a short sentence, for a short description, it's packed full of stuff, right? So a small number of people carefully selected. Immediately, you go to the, to the selection process, right? Like, what, what does that mean to you, carefully selected? I think it, it, it means that there are um, programs and mechanisms set in place to assess and I think go back right to the um, the attributes that we are looking for, and those aren't common to Air Force Special Warfare. Those are those are common from from the Tier One units all the way through the the Tier Two soft, right? And mm -hmm. and there's there's the one, the number one that is the the found. They're all you can consider them foundational, but there is the one that everybody will cling on to and go, okay, I everything else hangs on this and it's trust and integrity like mm -hmm. that is it right um if you have that the rest can be kind of worked on but without without trust or integrity like the rest are they're pointless to even have mm -hmm. um which is why which is why it's one of the attributes that we we go after you know and then you start talking about the teamwork and i don't have it in front of me so i can't like right. rattle them off real quick right but, but i mean you've you've got to find the people that are the right people willing to do some of the things that we have to do. There are so many books on this. Simon Sinek talked uh, specifically about SEAL Team 6, so the dev, uh, dev group guys. So he talked specifically about those dudes. And he said, you know, I talked to, to this guy and said, how do you select your people? And he said, we select for character, not competence. You can be the best shooter in the world. You can be the best SEAL in the world. It doesn't matter. I need character on my team. I need people that are going to have those attributes, that trust, 
that grit, that coachability, that trainability, that teamwork, that leadership, that accountability, all those things. Really, it comes down to, and I'll, I'll link it here just because I think it's funny, but being a good dude and putting out, right? You, you would be shocked how much, you know, I would rather have, like, let's, let's say we, I have two operators, right? One is the world's best operator. They're essentially Jason Bourne. They look the part. They walk the part. They're constantly good, but they are a pain in the ass to deal with in the team room, right? And then I got another guy that's like an 80% Jason Bourne, right? Always doing what he's supposed to. He's in good shape. He messes up on skills every once in a while, right? Like he still needs coached. He still needs trained, but he's humble about it. He understands that he's got some shortfalls and he gets along really well with the team. Guess who I'm picking? I'm picking the second operator 100% of the time. Every time. Every single time because you live and breathe with that human all of your life. For, you know, I, I always use the, the Vegas example. You know, we deployed four times in four years out of that unit. It was like clockwork. We would deploy for around four to six months. We would get back home. There was like two months worth, you know, one month worth of, you know, kind of leave and then getting back into it. Then another month of, no kidding, uh, figuring out your training plan. Like we'd been working on it obviously long before that. Um, but then it was, you were right into it. You were right into, you know, four and a half really solid months of training. And then we were out the door again and it was with the same team. So, you know, seven months a year for four straight years, I was in a tent divided by a piece of plywood with the same 12 guys. That's what it was. Those one, you know, I think totals like 23, you know, 23 folks on that troop at that time, two shifts a day. I mean, I saw the same 23 people, you know, I spent a lot of my life constantly and we had like, uh, you know, imagine, you know, putting yourself in that scenario. Uh, the quantity uh, was very, very small. So the, that quality had to be high and to link it into the selection model. That's what we're looking for. That's why we put so much time, attention, money, resources, um, and why we put, why we hang our hat on the selection. This is also why when you look at, when you, when you screw around with that, when you tinker with it, this is why you piss people off. This soft truth more than any, any other one, when you start tinkering with the way that we select people, you start having some very, very strong feelings about that because it's, it's almost sacred in the ritual. You know, the rich, every tribe has rituals, Right. When you climb to the top of that rope and you ring that bell and you scream who y'all never quit, like that's a memory. That's a core memory for a bunch of our operators. When you slap that door, who y'all never quit, you're running out the end dot, you know, the Mike Flores building down on Chapman training annex. When you're in, you know, when you're doing pushups because you don't, you don't, you don't walk on the green feet. You just don't, you walk around them. It doesn't matter what it is. Those rituals become part of people's core memories, right? And it, it's all about selection carefully selected. And I like that SOCOM put carefully selected in there because it implies a rigorous process. It implies uh, a deliberate aspect to what it is that we do. So moving on here. Well, carefully, wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, I got, oh, I got sorry. to talk about that real oh, quick. Oh boy. Hit it. Sheesh, <laughs> my bad. My bad. Sheesh. sheesh. No, but it's, it's, it's exactly why there is, um, kind of mutual respect across the soft communities, whether it's NSW, USASOC, AFSOC, the, the Raiders, Great is point. that we all know that at some level, there was a, it, it was kind of your ticket to play, your, your pay to play is you had to go through some kind of selection so that we know that when things do get really bad, you're not just going to like turn and run away. 
Like you're, you're in it to win it. And, and there is that mutual respect. That's, that's why, you know, as a, as a CCT or a JTAC qualified CCT, I was able to attach to numerous teams because they all knew, all right, well, at, at a minimum, this dude is just not going to get up and run away. He's in it to win the entire time. Um, and then there is that quote and, and sometimes it's cheesy to read. Sometimes it's, it's not, but the, um, Dude, I couldn't even pre- pretend. Herculitis. Heraclitus. Uh, Her- yeah. yeah, the Heraclitus. Quote. Yeah, the the quote: "Out of every one hundred men, ten shouldn't even be there. Eighty are just targets. Nine are the real fighters, and we are lucky to have them, for they make the battle. Ah, uh, but that one one is a warrior, and he will bring the others back. Like that is said a lot, and it can be kind of cringy, but if you actually look at it and and kind of dive into what it says, like." That's what we're getting after. Right. That's that's what that soft truth number two is is kind of getting after. And if you think about it, you just described selection. And that's why this that's why the attrition rates are so high. We ain't looking for those nine. We're looking for that one. Ten, you know, eight eighty are just targets. And that sounds a lot like an eighty percent attrition rate, doesn't it? <laughs> So, sounds a lot. Sounds a lot like how we call the herd. And I'll tell you what, like all and, and great, great point. You know, having the counterpoint with the other soft dudes. You know, we may have our little tribal differences and make fun of. Oh yeah, you know, Green Berets and people make fun of us because we're in the Air Force and we even make fun of ourselves inside of our little tribes. But but when the the fecal device impacts the oscillator, you <laughs> you can look to your left and your right and you know, like I don't, man, I don't know what it takes to be a ranger. I don't know if I would have been a good ranger, but I know that they absolutely carefully select the right individual to be in the ranger battalion. And I know right. when I look at a ranger team leader, that guy knows more. He's forgotten more about tactics than I've ever known. Yeah. That's not, that's not my lane. I love tactics. I, I, I study tactics. I, I like them, right? Like it's a, a pursuit for me. I don't hold a candle to their youngest team member. Those guys crush it. And you, yeah. and you know, you look across, uh, across the board, you know, the ranger medics are amazing. The seals are great at what they do, but the baseline is everybody can kind of look at each other and go, Hey, I may not know what you did at buds, but I know, I know what that feels like. I know what that selection feels like. Right. Cause I've, yeah. cause I've done that too. And they, and they look at you and, and they do the same thing. No, so. and that's exactly why you, when you see somebody with a ranger tab, it, you know, you're like, okay, yep, you, you know, your respect It's same when you see somebody with a dive bubble, you're like, yep. Oh, they've been through some shit. Yep. I, like, I know what that feels like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I like that they put this one in here too. So they don't just talk about, you know, quality is better than quantity. They talk about carefully selected, well-trained. We do, we talk about training all the time. You know, my favorite quote about training is, you know, we only do in soft, we do things two ways. We do it the right way and we do it again. And there is no other option. You do it the right way. And then you do it again. CZ, the SEAC, we had him on one of his favorite quotes that I've always, he, he was, he's been saying this since he was an instructor of mine, literally 15 years ago, whatever it is now. Oh, wow. 18 years ago now. Holy crap. Anyway, um, you know, he said that um, professionals will practice, you know, amateurs will practice a task until they get it right. Professionals practice a task until they cannot get it wrong. That's what well-trained is. Well-trained is you have done something so many times, you were so efficient at it, that you could not screw it up if you tried. 
That's what well-trained is. And the whole um, reason why is so that when, because most plans don't survive first contact, right? Mm-mm. So you are going to fall back on your lowest level of training. It, another it, great, another great one. Shout out to CA. My, one of my mentors is, you know, he would say he was a huge fan of blunt force repetition. And if you did it perfect, if you did it completely right, he'd be like, great, we're going to do it again because you never rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. They, they go on to say well-led, which is very important. And I love that they put well-led in here because it implies from all levels of leadership, like to lead soft forces. The, the dirty secret about this is in every single, in every single service across the entire DOD, there is a level of leadership that is not a soft guy. You are going to get to a point. It's not all soft. Like we're not our own command. Uh, well, I mean, we are our own command, but oftentimes the people in charge of that command, the people in charge of making those decisions at some point, it's not a beret wearer. It's not somebody that's gone through selection. It's not somebody that's ever had those experiences as a soft operator. The soft forces need to be well led. And that's agnostic as to what your job is. You know, for us in the air force, we get to a point where inevitably a pilot is telling us, Hey, you guys are going to employ, deploy this way. Here's how we're going to spend our money or whatever. It doesn't matter. Quality is better than quantity. And we need quality leaders that can lead the soft force as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, dude, I got nothing on that. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm, I, you said it perfectly. I, you're right. Inevitably you at, at a certain level, it will not be a, a soft dude, which mm-hmm. is fine, right? right? It just needs to be a good leader. Cause you don't, being a good leader and soft does not mean that you have to have done all that. Right. It, or, or, you know, it's just kind of going back to those characteristics that we talk about, those attributes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust, absolutely. transparency, communication, teamwork, you know, it just, it just goes on and on. And that translates well outside of, of our arena. You dang right. And it ends with here. This is one of my favorite things about the soft truths is that they're, they're blunt, they're honest, and they do not give an F about <laughs> if you feel some type of way about it. And truth two ends with, so, you know, I'm going to read the entire thing and we're going to focus on the end, but quality is better than quantity. A small number of people carefully selected, well-trained and well-led. And this is the end part that we're going to talk about are preferable to larger numbers of troops, some of whom may not be up to the task. That's a fantastic way to end that truth because it says these small, these small teams, a small number of people carefully selected, well-trained and well-led. Okay. That's your team carefully selected, well-trained and well-led. That group of people is preferable to larger number of troops. Some of whom may not be up to the task. Yep. That's fire for, for the soft truth to just lay it on the line and be like, all right, listen, I'll take a small team of well-trained, carefully selected people with good leadership over any number of large forces, some of whom may not be up to the task. If you're going back to that Heraclitus quote, that's that those 80 dude, the 10 that don't belong there and the 80 that are just targets. What we're saying is we'll take nine that make the fight and one that's truly there to bring them all home. Pretty close to a 12 man team. Is it not? Yep. Sounds I like- got a, I got a real life antidote for that is in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, uh, you'd have 50, 50 vehicle convoys of some of the conventional forces, you know, not, um, you know, and I'm going to say this, not throwing shade anybody, but you know, yeah. they're the, the enemy knew who was leaving the gate when mm-hmm. they saw a 50 vehicle convoy leaving the gate with people that had shade faces, 
um, those dudes got contact all the time. Their mm-hmm. entire their entire convoy, they were just getting troops in contact constantly. Um, when we would leave the gate with four vehicles, all bearded up, it was rare that we would get hit. Rare, you know, well, because you they them for it. Yeah, we made them pay. And and the amount of firepower and the mentality of like, okay, we're just gonna kind of ignore you. You can you can hit us, like okay, whatever. And it was like as soon as as soon as something happened, it's like everybody's and now there's A tens or something or F sixteens or something like that just coming mm-hmm. in and it's it's a, just a different mentality and they they recognized it. Yeah. Well that that was actually people don't realize this, but that was actually the start of a very important tactic that lives to this day, and it's called fuck around and find out. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's uh, uh, old yeah. philosophizers, <laughs> old philosophizers, fuck around and find out my guy. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it, and if you look at some of the things, like when you, when you talk about, you know, some of the other examples of that, and I brought it up and I think the soft truth one, but you know, when you start looking at what ODA five, five, five did in Afghanistan, they were put in there with a combat controller and an ODA team, the triple nickel, the the war planners and the smart dudes at war thought it was going to take us a year to take Afghanistan. They thought it was going to take a year to break the Taliban. There were actually people, generals, telling ODA 555 to stop being so efficient because in the course of 90 days, they decimated the Taliban. And it was 12 dudes. They made movies about it, but it was 12 guys, right? The, the 12 strong event, horseback soldiers riding around. You know, Will Markham staying up for days on end, just Art, decimating. Art Decker just killing just, dudes. Just killing Market. dudes. Good. Good for you. But when you look at it, like, that's why quantity is more important, or quality is more important than quantity. If you have well-trained dudes, well-led, carefully selected, that's always going to be preferable to a larger force of people that aren't supposed to be there. That's why we have soft route, too. That's it. That's well, it. Yeah. Appreciate you joining us for uh, Soft Truth number two. And then uh, Soft Truth three is right around the corner. So don't forget to like and subscribe. Appreciate you joining us. <laughs>